Hello and welcome to this episode of Macro Sutra. I'm TCA Sharad Raghavan, Deputy Editor at The Print. And this time we're going to be discussing all of the recent data that's come out from global economies that potentially could impact India. There's inflation data from the US, there's economic data from the UK, there's of course China, and there is what's going on in the Red Sea. All of these have the potential to impact India, but how? For that, we have Radhika Pandey, Associate Professor at NIPFP, to tell us. Thank you so much, Radhika, for joining us. Thank you, Sharad. Now, uh, Radhika, I'm going to start unusually with an audience question because it is the first thing that we should talk about. Gautam asks, the US inflation is showing an uptick again, which might delay the uh, change in the Fed rates. Do you feel this could have a substantial impact on FDI flowing into India? And also, are there any specifics in the US data that could impact the Indian inflation levels as well? So I think more than the FDI, it would impact foreign investment, the portfolio investments, right. because what happens is that, uh, because as rightly pointed out, the US inflation, even though was lower than December number mm -hmm. uh, in January, but it was higher than expected. So right. it was expected that it would be around 2.9%, the US CPI inflation, but it came at 3.1%. Okay. So it was higher and then it dashed hopes of rate cuts uh, anytime soon because it was earlier expected that in the next meeting which is uh, due in March the Fed might start cutting interest rates because inflation has come down right. uh, but because it was higher than expected the uh, rate cut hopes were, have been now you know postponed to the second half of the year right. so, and this had implication for the US bond yields because when the interest rates rise the interest rate on the US 10 year bonds 5 year bond 10 mm -hmm. year bond also tend to rise now if that rises then uh, there is a great flow towards these safe haven uh, assets. Right, I money think. parked elsewhere starts going there. Yes, so right. and in that uh, in that context uh, Indian markets would be impacted and mm -hmm. we have already seen that happening in January because uh, in December and uh, in November and December foreign portfolio investors were net, in, uh, were net buyers in the Indian market. Right. But in January they turned net sellers and one of the main reason was that the US bond yields were higher and after this inflation number that came out on 13th of February, in one day, there was a 30 basis points jump in wow. the US 10-year bond yield. Okay. So that would have some impact uh, uh, destabilizing, potentially destabilizing impact on the markets because there would be some, again, reallocation of uh, uh, funds from one market to another, uh, from EMs to the, the US market because mm -hmm. in uh, relative terms or after adjusting for risk and exchange rate and other risk, dollar tends to become more attractive when the US bond right. tends to rise. So more than the FDI, FDI will be impacted by other factors, uh, macro fundamentals, a lot of other factors mm -hmm. go into determining the FDI decision both in the host and in the destination economy. Uh, but the more direct impact is uh, going to be seen on the portfolio flows. Okay. And now just as a kind of a side question to this, you mentioned that uh, inflation in the US was from 2.9, uh, the expectation it came in at 3.1. Yeah. Now, maybe we should talk about that 
if there was such a small differential yeah. in a place like india right. it wouldn't be that big an issue if right. you say that we expected it to be 5% and it came to 5.2 yeah. yeah, yeah. that won't cause any waves but in developed countries such a small thing does make a yes, difference right? yeah that's the uh, big difference between uh, developed economies and here because right. there they are looking at the possibility of a rate cut with great interest because mm -hmm. uh, the interest rates have been raised aggressively for quite some time you know there have been a 500 basis points yeah. rise in the uh, interest rate since 2022 compared with only just 2 2.5% yeah, yeah. A, a, a half of what was raised what in the did. us yeah. so uh, now there is expectation and that is also because till now uh, all the federal reserve governors were talking about uh, that you know they are done with the interest rate hikes and now they will start looking at the possibility and that narrative has now changed after the us inflation data came out right and they have it's a very interesting thing for uh, you know everyone to watch there is something called the uh, cme fed watch tool you know it's mm -hmm. a uh, it 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 is a tool which helps in calculating the possibility or probability of interest rate cuts after the fomc meeting so okay. that probability which you, which was very high in march has now dwindled to single digits in march and now it has shifted so they are very uh, closely and carefully looking at the interest decisions and what it will uh, the impact it will have on the us bond markets equity markets and that will have an impact on the em emerging markets as well of course and okay so now let's uh, fly across the ocean uh, a bit and we come to the uk right the latest data which just about came out mm -hmm. shows that in the second half of 2023 the uk actually slipped into recession mm -hmm. this comes on the back of germany which uh, also is in a recession so now these are still big economies right uh, and them being in recession how does that impact india so again it's a very important source of uh, external sector risk because we've talked about the fact that you know one of the headwinds is that exports have been in contraction zone our exports yes. have been in contraction zone and if these economies uh, are uh, you know they uh, are in the brink of recession or they are already in recession that is a bad news for uh, our exports because right. we've talked about earlier also that advanced economies particularly the us uk eu they constitute a major chunk of our exports they are a big markets for our exports mm -hmm. it's not that we have been able to shift from them to uh, emerging economies or asian markets there right. our share is still small so if uh, these markets suffer there is going to be a material impact on our exports so it's going to be it needs to be seen how the trajectory fares because you know if we look at some of the growth projections that came out uh, the imf's world economic outlook january right, uh, right. projection it is expected that from now onwards there will be an improvement because now okay. uh, you know there is uh, uh, again there is a possibility of interest rate cuts inflation has uh, come down uh, significantly in the uk so in the eu now it's expected that slightly now there will be an improvement in uh, growth rates in 2024 and 2025 in contrast the us is expected to decline now the us yeah, has showed right. uh, resilience now it's expected to decline so all these factors will have a bearing on our exports 
Okay, and now we're speaking about exports, and since we're in that region, uh, let's also talk about what's happening in the Red Sea. Yeah. The the attacks on the ships that have been going through the Red Sea right. have meant that exporters have to go all the way around the Cape yes. of Good Hope, around yeah. Africa, yeah. which is increasing cost, increasing right. time, right. and uh, a lot of exporters are deferring their exports. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, is that set to continue to hurt India? Yeah, so see, the importance is that, you know, through Red Sea, 40% of our imports are rooted through Red Sea. Imports? Imports, yeah. Okay. And 25% of exports. So, it's a very significant route as far as the trade is concerned. Mm -hmm. And as you mentioned, there is a rerouting through the Cape of Good Hope, which has increased the time by at least 15 days. So, now that will have a bearing firstly on the freight charges. It has risen, you know, there are lots of these uh, indicators to show what's happening to the freight charges and all of them show a big spike in the last 45 days. And, you know, the freight charges have increased by, you know, almost 150% they have spiked in the uh, uh, latest 45 days. So, uh, right now we don't see any material impact on exports and imports but if this continues this sustained uh, disturbance because now there's military attacks by the us so if this disturbance continues it is going to impact exports and more than that is going to impact our corporate sector you know especially okay. because uh, there's a very uh, interesting study uh, last week by india ratings they mm-hmm. have uh, tried to you know assess the impact of this red sea disruption on the corporate sector and they are saying that what see firstly those sectors which have thin margins you know they yeah, don't right. have uh, they don't have cash margins to tide over this disruption they will suffer because the working capital cycle is going to Increase. Working Absolutely. capital cycle means how much time it takes for your assets and liabilities to turn into cash. How much, when right. will you get your cash back? So, working capital cycle is going to increase because of the delays. Uh, the longer route. The longer route. Take, so, yeah. there will be uh, delays. So, those who are already having a thin margin or those who do not have adequate cash buffer, mm-hmm. those kind of industries will suffer. And then what they will have to do, they will have to borrow more. So till now, we've talked about a phase of deleveraging. You know, the companies have been repaying their loan. We are now seeing that some of the companies have started leveraging. So those that... that, a uh, trend of leveraging may increase further or may get accentuated further due to this disturbance, particularly for those sectors which have thin margins. And they have pointed out particularly sectors like iron and steel, textile, these sectors are going to be uh, impacted. Okay. And also the small and medium enterprises, again, because they do not have uh, adequate cash margins, they are going to be uh, impacted. And they talk about different impact for exports and imports particularly what is going to happen is that the landing price of imports will rise what we are importing from other countries so that will lead to inflationary pressure because if import prices rise there is a greater uh, danger of imported inflation happening because of uh, the disturbance right and Exports will suffer because uh, because of the delay, there will be uh, less export volumes mm. and again, the cascading impact. So if this sustain, it will have a bearing on uh, it will have a bearing on our trade outlook. 
but more so on the corporate sector and it needs to be seen it will be a very interesting study to see the differentiated impact on the different sectors different sectors yeah, yeah because absolutely. those sectors which are uh, uh, you know those who haven't uh, been able to take advantage of the lower commodity prices mm. they are bound to suffer due to these disturbances right and this doesn't even take into account the impact on oil prices yes. that uh, these yeah. that uh, trade disruptions are happening yeah, uh, like that's a, yeah that's a separate thing because you know we are now seeing oil prices again rising to yeah. above uh, $80 per barrel and why oil price is important is because it's a very critical uh, input for all the models the inflation targeting Absolutely. the projections that are made by the RBI it all is based on what is their assumption about the crude oil prices so that's the red sea issue now let's travel a little bit more uh, towards the east and we come to china right now china is uh, it's a huge economy and it has recovered somewhat from the lows that it saw in 2022 right. but there are still several issues right. uh, yes. that it has so yeah. could you tell us a little bit more about that sure so one is that china's growth came in at 5.2% for the calendar year 2023 mm-hmm. after the lows of 3% in 2022 right but this recovery that we have seen is very patchy and still there are a lot of you know cyclical and structural issues meaning there are some short term issues and but then there are some long term structural right. issues uh, impacting the chinese economy uh, one thing is their lingering property crisis which uh, has its origin uh, from 2020 right. so Uh, real estate is a very important sector in china it's almost contributes one third of the total gdp is contributed by the real estate sector and uh, in 2020 the chinese policy makers came in uh, you know introduce something which is called the three lines policy mm-hmm. where they wanted to restrict the exuberance of the real estate sector because what was happening was that these real estate developers were taking a lot of loan and they were uh, using that for uh, taking money from com- uh, customers also and using that for uh, building houses so which were then of, not sold so these were these empty buildings yes yeah. yeah so in order to restrict that there was some restriction that uh, only if your debt to equity ratio is up to mm. a certain level then you can borrow from bank so right. to curb this you know excess lending and borrowing by the real estate developers these uh, um, uh, curbs were uh, introduced but uh, what it turned out to be that you know because they were saddled with so much of debt earlier right. they could not complete the houses because they they could not access more loans so they could not complete uh, project and then came a spate of defaults by a lot of chinese real estate, real estate developers yeah. the bigger one being the evergrande uh, mm. company which defaulted on its interest payments and then it had a cascading impact and finally it it uh, really shattered the business confidence and consumer confidence right consumers were not willing to buy houses and there was a uh, you know complete uh, uh, decline in housing sales right. unfinished inventories and a lot of the uh, In 2023 a lot of steps have been taken to stimulate the real estate sector but it hasn't worked till now. Right, so okay. that is one the second is uh, uh, deflation because prices are lower and people are not spending mm. there is excess supply and uh, so on the one side we are talking about high inflation and uh, inflation above the target but then there is China which <laughs> is uh, for the last so many months it is in a state of deflation right. negative uh, inflation. Yeah. other is also their debt and deficit is very high 
so their debt is 280% of gdp we are talking wow. here about 88 89% it's 280% of gdp and moody's last month you know changed the outlook from uh, stable to negative, to negative citing right. the problems with their finances and debt and finally fdi which is one of the main driver of growth has turned negative yes it's flowing out yeah it's flowing out so yeah. and trade another important driver of growth in china has turned negative in 2023 so there are these bunch of problems which chinese economy is facing and they are this is bound to have an impact on uh, global economy because despite all these problems china still continues to be the major trading partner for a lot of economies absolutely including india especially for india you know we are importing a lot of raw material we are importing yes. uh, pharmaceuticals we are importing engineering goods electronic goods chemicals so there if we are not uh, if uh, there there is problem it's not easy to you know shift despite so many efforts at cutting reliance on china that will that may happen but with a lag but right now we do need that steady supply of industrial raw materials and, no, for, and if there is a problem with china it's it, it is it is not something to celebrate so that is one and also from our export side also china is the fourth largest market so we have yeah. uh, uh, important trade relations with china and that is going to uh, you know we need to see how that will get impacted if there is a sustained slowdown in uh, china but one potential way that we can benefit but again only if we genuinely take steps to take advantage is on fdi right if if yeah. fdi is flowing out of china then yes. potentially it can flow to india right so far not a lot of that has been coming here it's been going more to vietnam yes. south korea yes but there are things that we can do yeah, we can to do. take advantage of that yeah so we have to improve competitiveness india needs to become a manufacturing sector hub mm -hmm. we need to review the uh, our pli schemes whether they are working or not in right. which sectors we need to uh, you know upscale uh, upskilling of labor and right. female labor force participation rate so uh, potentially yes we have opportunities but then there is this question of short term and medium term and right. therefore there are the, the this serves this is a headwind in the short term at least right and now uh, we have a question from sankalp which actually helps us round up this conversation we've spoken about the world but now let's talk about india so sankalp asks uh, external risks would always be there but i'd like to know the limits of our strength or resilience our huge domestic market is considered to be our foremost asset but it's also one of limited spending capacity what must go wrong for us to once again become one of the fragile five also could we consider more gst bracket in order to efficiently shore up our revenues yeah so what could go wrong is again if we go back to the years when india was a uh, part of the fragile five you know right. what happened in 2012 2013 where uh, india had high debt and high deficit so what yeah. is important is to continue to focus on macro stability mm -hmm. macro stability meaning low inflation and low debt and deficit so these are the two things that will enable us to navigate through this crisis even though there are these uh, important challenges that we are facing but if we are able to you know continue focus on macro stability uh, maintain manage our debt and deficit and mm -hmm. what like in the budget we have focused on fiscal consolidation right. that is something that we need to we continue that. yeah continue and not lose mm. sight of the fact that still we are uh, very heavily indebted even though the 
pattern or the structure of our debt is such that it's mostly in rupee terms. It's not dollar denominated. So we are right. not uh, in a you know situation like Sri Lanka or Pakistan where they are dollar denominated debt. But we are indebted. So we need to bring down the stock of uh, debt, debt and yeah. we need to uh, improve our, we need to reduce our debt and deficit and also bring down inflation to manageable levels. So that is important. And also from the GST side, I think the more general thing would be to uh, you know, rationalize and broaden the tax base. Mm. Whether it will be by increasing the GST slab, that is the next question. But the first thing is to you know broaden the rationalize the uh, tax base and right. broaden the tax base so that we have we are able to have a sustained tax to GDP ratio at a time when we are seeing an expenditure uh, compression. So that is important. You know, we have a domestic market uh, strong, as rightly mentioned, but we need to focus on macro stability along with a manageable growth rate, 6 to 7%. Right. And that will help us to navigate through these uh, challenges. Okay, great. So there you go. We just took you on a little tour of the world uh, of economic issues. We started with the US and we talked about how inflation there has come higher than expected, which means that rate cuts will be pushed back and also how the uh, treasury yields have spiked, which means that capital uh, from India has flown, uh, India and most of the developing world has flown to the US. Then we came to the UK, which uh, has gone into recession according to the latest data in the second half of 2023. And we talked about how this is not great news for India because I mean, these are, uh, these are uh, trading partners of ours. And if economies like the UK and Germany are in recession, then that impacts our exports, which is not great for us. Then we came to the Red Sea and we talked about how that's increasing our export costs and our import costs, which could have inflationary pressures over here and also increase the price of oil, which further has an inflationary impact over here. Then we went to China and talked about how its economy is still reeling from the real estate crisis and how uh, now a slowdown in China is not great news for India as much as we would like to celebrate. It's, it's a very strong trading partner of ours. We export to it a lot and we import a lot of critical things from it. So a slowdown in China is not great news. What is good news is that India remains resilient. We have seen from the budget that the government is still focused on fiscal responsibility, which is the main thing that it must do to avoid going into the fragile five of, uh, you know, the 2012, 2013 uh, period. And but there are still a few things that we need to do. We need to bring the fiscal deficit down. We need to bring our debt levels down and we need to keep inflation under check. But overall, we're resilient. Uh, 